You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentaries Global Rankings. Thank you for listening to episode 45 of the Saturday edition of the Nick Luck Daily Podcast. My name's Charlotte Greenway and it's Friday the 15th of July. Well, as expected this week on the podcast, a lot of the focus has been on the new whip rules, which I believe will come into effect at some point in October this year. These were released on Tuesday, with all 20 recommendations getting the approval of the BHA, and Rishi Passad picked out some of the key ones. Uh, the use of the whip for encouragement limited to the backhand position, which is a huge change in the way that jockeys ride races. I mean, it's pretty significant for anybody who's followed the sport for any period of time. Uh, the DAT is requiring the participants to make a significant change to the way that they conduct themselves when riding a horse race. Uh, so that's a very big one. Um, in addition, the permitted level for the use to remain at seven on the flat, eight over jumps and all in the backhand position. Um, I think you can flick the horse, reading through the other recommendations, you can flick the horse down the shoulder once, as long as you've got both hands on the reins at the same time. Uh, there's going to be a development of a review panel, which is responsible for evaluation of all rides and any necessary sanction <coughs> or action. That will include um, uh, recommending jockeys for further training. Uh, increased penalties for offences, uh, including double suspensions in major races when the whip is used above the permitted level. Now, there's a subsection later on in the full report that details class one, class two, and I think races over a certain value, uh, I think around £27,000 on the flat uh, and something similar over jumps. But um, there's so much in these recommendations, but uh, that's something obviously to bear in mind. And also one other one to mention as a significant recommendation is the disqualification that will be introduced for offences in which the whip has been used four times or more above the permitted level in all races. So if the whip is used 11 times in a flat race, or 12 times in a jumps race, then it's disqualification. While on Wednesday's episode, Brant Dunshay, Chief Regulatory Officer of the BHA, explained why he believes these changes were necessary and for the good of our sport, Dave Yates of the Daily Mirror offered a contrasting view, especially when it comes to disqualification, and that episode is well worth going back and listening to if you missed it. Yesterday, it was confirmed that impressive Epsom Derby winner Desert Crown will miss next Saturday's King George after meeting with a small setback, which of course is disappointing as we were looking forward to him not only taking on the older horses, but the rematch with Epsom third Westover, who routed the Irish Derby field and now heads the market. There were more exciting three-year-olds on show at Longchamp yesterday in the Grand Prix de Paris, where ultimately Eldar Eldorov was a little disappointing. Maybe the ground was just a bit quick, but conditions really suited Ernesto, who provided Frankel with yet another Group 1 winner, and no doubt Connections will now be dreaming of the arc in October. Nick was at Longchamp yesterday and recorded a really interesting piece 
that may well tempt you to hop on the Eurostar to Paris for this year's ARC. Well, as the mercury rises in Great Britain, so the temperatures soar in Paris on Bastille Day for the Grand Prix de Paris, one of the great races of the season, one of the marquee events at Paris Longchamp. Of course, not its most famous. That will take place again this year, the Prix de l'Arc de Triomphe. And the race course is really striving to send the message out that racegoers from all across the world are not only welcome at this event, but are also crucially important to its success. I'm joined here at Paris Longchamp on this beautiful afternoon by the chief executive of France Gallo, Olivier Delois. Olivier, why have you chosen now, the, the middle of July, to, to really try and send the message out there? Um, hello, Nick. Well, we, we did it um, uh, three years ago now, just before uh, COVID uh, uh, started. And, uh, and, and so we invited journalists uh, here in Paris Longchamp on the day of the Grand Prix de Paris to, to try and explain what we would improve for uh, the 2019's renewal of the ARC. And it, uh, and it proved quite successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year, because it was still a, not an, a very normal year, and uh, we were quite disappointed by the British attendance for... Uh, the reasons uh, that we know, we, we we felt that it was time to uh, maybe explain again what the um, what the arc is about, what we are offering to uh, the English and Irish uh, race goers, uh, and 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 give ourselves uh, some some good chances to uh, to make them come back. Uh, the British and Irish race goers make up around about twenty percent of your your total audience over Arc Weekend, which is a lot, I, I grant you. But it it seems to me that you think they are they are over indexing that their importance is worth more than twenty percent. Why do you think that is? Well, as you say, I mean they make twenty uh, percent of the attendance, uh, but probably they make ninety uh, percent of the atmosphere and the noise. Uh, they are those cheering uh, their horses in, uh, in in the stands. Uh, they are truly. Uh, racing enthusiasts, racing people, uh, they know horses uh, and they are here to support uh, the ones they like uh, and that makes a, a huge difference in terms of atmosphere so that's why it's so important to, to have them uh, here at Longchamp. And how important is it for the, for the local economy, for the, for the tourist trade in, in, the, in the region? Well, Paris is big, so so it's it's always um, probably good news for 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 the Paris area to uh, to have uh, eight to to, to ten thousand uh, British people. Uh, so it's a bonus. But uh, I'm, I'm I'm firstly thinking of uh, Longchamp, uh, France Gallo, and and the Arc and the reputation of the race. Yes, and the reputation of the Qatar Prix de l'Arc de Triomphe, uh, which has probably uh, developed quite a lot thanks to. Uh, the quality of the race day and, and, and again, the atmosphere. Paris Longchamp is a, is a magnificent structure now. You were putting it together in 1617. You raced back here again, 18, enables second arc, like all these big structures, Ascot, the Curra, this place, you get a few teething problems. Are you confident now that this is a, a facility that you can open up to the world and, and be proud of? Yes, definitely. I mean, we have raced, uh, of course, uh, quite a lot since uh, 2018. Uh, even with big race days, uh, today it will be a 15,000 uh, uh, crowd uh, and it will go well. Uh, we had some uh, successful arc uh, uh, in 2019, so, so we are ready definitely to, uh, to welcome more than 35,000 people and offering uh, a, a great experience to anyone. Everywhere in the Western world is suffering with rising inflation at the moment. People are being a little bit more dis- discerning about how they spend their, their leisure dollar, pound, euro. Uh, you are keeping your prices really competitive for this year's pre off. Just Just tell us how competitive. Well, yes, that's an important thing. Uh, we... 
We are very much aware that um, inflation is, uh, is, is high and it has uh, definitely an impact uh, on how people live today. Um, racing is a passion. You are happy to go, to go racing, but it's not something absolutely uh, which is a necessity for, 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 for people. Um, we, will, uh, we will have um, uh, a special offer for, for, for British racegoers. Uh, at 60 euros for both race days, uh, giving access to the winning uh, winning um, uh, area, winning post area. Uh, so uh, you can watch the race from the Grand Seine, you can go to the Paradring and, and really enjoy a nice uh, racing weekend. So that's 60 euros total, total. For, two, for two fantastic race days. Exactly, 60 euros for two race days uh, with a good location and, uh, and the services that... Uh, You, you need uh, on, uh, on those days. And people will ask, and, and people will be envious in, in the UK, that you, you are able to, to make an offer like this. How, how can France Gallo underwrite this? Because surely you're, you're running that at a bit of a loss. Yes, uh, that's true. Um, we, I mean, we are lucky to, um, to live uh, in, um, in an industry where France Gallo uh, holds all the rights of, uh, of betting, Uh, and and all, any other commercial right uh, on on an event like uh, like the Arc. So uh, even though the, the the race day maybe uh, ends up with a with a little loss, uh, uh, thanks to um, to the gambling revenues uh, that 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 we get on a big day like that. Uh, I recall that more than uh, 115 million euros were bet. Uh, on the day of the arc last year, uh, it gives you some means, you know, to to have a more affordable pricing policy. A couple more questions about gambling, uh, Olivier. We spoke during the the pandemic on this podcast, and you you told me how uh, robust betting had been through through it, even though a lot of the the tabac and the PMU terminals were were down at the time. How have you seen people's punting habits change or or stay the same since we've returned to some sort of normality? Well, I would say it has returned to some sort of normality, even a little better, because we are up 2% on 2019, which was the last normal year in terms of uh, betting revenues. Uh, so it's pretty encouraging. We are, of course, like uh, any other country today, uh, and probably any uh, betting operator, a little concerned by how long the inflation will, uh, will last, because uh, it has definitely an impact uh, on our clients. Uh, so the first quarter was really strong. The second quarter was not so strong. So, so we hope that the second half will, on average, look like the, the first. Uh, and, uh, and we will be uh, uh, matching the, uh, the, uh, the budget objectives that we, we set earlier this year. And the second betting-related question, as far as the Arc de Triomphe is concerned, if you have a strong Japanese participation, as you may well do this year, title holder looks the most exciting horse in Japan, one of the most exciting in the world after his victory the other day, how much does that drive betting revenue on the race? How important is it? That is very important. Uh, we, are, um, we are happy to, uh, to have the Arc um, offered to Japanese punters every year because every year Japan uh, sends uh, some, uh, some, some runners in the race. Um, the turnover achieved uh, in, in the country can, be, uh, can vary from uh, 25 to, uh, to 40 million euros across years. Last year, uh, we achieved more than uh, 40 million euros with horses lining up with a better chance uh, this year we could even do better. Last time we spoke on this podcast, we said that there were an awful lot of things that were very healthy about French racing. 
plenty of people were betting. A lot of people were owning horses. There were more stallions standing here. There were more incentives. There were more premiums. There were more visiting horses racing in the country. But what France wasn't producing was a, a, a large amount of world-class performers on the, on the global stage. Um, do you see signs of a revival in that respect? I mean, obviously, Vedeni's done very well this year. Well, I, I was about to mention Vadini, but uh, he, to, to be fair, I mean, he, he looks like a little bit as an exception today. Uh, we, we got Sillyway as well, winning the Champion Stakes last year, Vadini this year. But if you look more globally, uh, we, we don't win as many Group 1 races locally as we, uh, as we used to. Uh, in my opinion, one of the reasons why we, we are losing ground uh, against uh, England and Ireland is just the, the depths of, uh, of uh, those very well-bred two-year-olds sent uh, into training uh, in, in France compared to England and Ireland. If you just look at the numbers of Dubawis, Frankels, Galileos that you have in training in France, there's nothing to compare with England and Ireland. Uh, and at the end of the day, if you look at, uh, at the charts at the end of, it, uh, of the year, uh, those winners uh, in Group 1 races, most of the time, they are by those top class stallions. So we just start not at the same mark uh, as other countries, and you can feel it. But you've got the infrastructure here that if people did start suddenly deciding to send horses to, to France to, to be trained that are bred like that, you've got the infrastructure to support that. Yes, definitely. We've got good race courses. We've got strong prize money. Uh, I think uh, a Group 1 winner in France uh, gets uh, its fair value uh, uh, should it become a stallion or, or a broodmare. We can, we can notice it uh, uh, in the breeding stock sale at Arcana every year. Uh, now we, 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 we've got uh, several million uh, euro uh, fillies and mares uh, having made their career in France. Um, what we probably need to, uh, to, 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 to grow and develop and enhance uh, is uh, uh, the, um, the, the trainers, the, the choice of trainers based in France. Uh, our best leading trainers are, are now more in their 60s or 70s. So we need a new generation to, uh, to come up uh, and we need more of them. Uh, we, we are lucky to have people like Francis Graffard, Michael Delzangle, uh, uh, now Jérôme Régnier um, uh, to name just a few uh, but probably that we are lacking a bit of depth here in the trainers ranks to, uh, to, to make France uh, ever more attractive to, uh, to those overseas owners willing to, uh, to send some well-bred yearlings and two-year-olds to, uh, to France well, one thing we know is that one thing that will always be attractive about French racing is, is the Catapri de Lague de Triomphe. I look forward to being with you uh, in the autumn. Olivier, thanks so much for talking to me. Thank you, Nick. This weekend's feature race in Europe is the Irish Oaks at the Curragh on Saturday. The disappointing news that we received at lunchtime today was that the favourite, Emily Upjohn, won't run due to travel complications, which means that Royal Ascot winner Magical Lagoon is now favourite to win her first Group 1. It's unusual to see Aidan O'Brien's shortest price runner at 16-1 to 1 in the Irish Oaks. But after deciding not to declare Epsom Oaks heroine Tuesday, he's left with three fillies that haven't quite lived up to their beautiful pedigrees yet. 
Paddy Toomey bagged his first Group 1 with Lapati Coco last month, and although this may look a stiff task for his Philly show of stars, the places now look up for grabs, and if she could pick up third, she'll be a valuable broodmare down the line, and Paddy seems very happy with her going into this weekend. She's in good form, and um, we've given her a bit of a you know, break since her last run. Uh, I gave her uh, run, I think it was four runs, you know, close together uh, over a mile, uh, and gave her a chance to, or a mile to a mile, one and a half, and left her strengthen up since, and uh, I think she's in good form way to the rest. The, the obvious question is the, you know, she's a showcasing um, last start over the mile. What, what do you make of her over the distance? I'm sure the showcasing element kind of, you know, uh, obviously you associate her more with sprinters, but her distaff family is uh, her distaff family is very much uh, her distaff family is very much uh, staying, you know, staying she's the staying family and uh, I just she wasn't physically strong enough to to run a mile and a half sort of earlier in the year and I think she is now, you know, so mm. I think it's a good time to step her up and distance. But I, I'm hoping and I think that we'll see her in a better life stepping up and trip. Now, I've seen the, the UK weather this weekend. I take it it's not exactly going to be that different in Ireland. It's going to be hot, isn't it, and potentially pretty pretty quick ground. Yeah, I think the weather's warm, and look, I think we've, we've quick ground everywhere, and I think that's suit her. She kind of does hop and hop and hop the ground. Um, Pearls Galore, is a likely runner on Sunday in the Minstrel, been in great form. Yeah, she's in great form. The plan is to run her in the Minstrel on, on Sunday. Um, like seven there on that ground, she suit her well, and... Um, and, um, you know, she's, she's ready to run and, uh, you know, we're looking forward to running on Sunday. Anything else you'd be likely to send out Saturday or Sunday, Paddy? Um, we'll run uh, Rumbles of Thunder in the Kilby That sort of answers my next question because she's in the Nassau, so I take it that's not going to happen. Um, might you might you have a, a runner in the Nassau with Le Petit Coco or unlikely? I wouldn't rule out if Rumble the Thunder ran well next week or the weekend that she put she might go to the Nassau. Well. Ah, okay, there you go. Quick, quick backups. You never, never assume. Never assume. Uh, yeah, we did it there last week with uh, Ralph Carberry. She was third in the pretty Valley and she turned out 10 days later and she won the Samaritan Lake Group 3. So. Mm. Well, I hope you managed to enjoy the sunshine this weekend before temperatures soar early next week. The BHA announced this afternoon that five fixtures that were due to take place on Monday and Tuesday in Britain have now been abandoned, with horse welfare at the forefront of the BHA's minds. But the northern tracks of Air, Cartmel and Musselburgh at this point in time are going ahead. Nick is away again next week, so Tom Stanley and I will be with you as we build up to the King George at Ascot. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary. Mm-hmm.